Welcome to the immediate reaction show for UFC Mexico City. The show is actually about to kick off in mere moments here. But as you guys know, I record my immediate reaction for every single matchup as it concludes. So you guys get my quick, unfiltered, and very fresh thoughts on every single matchup from the performance of the fighter to the post-fight interview that they give. And then we can uh, talk about the odds and props that hit for every single matchup as well. Uh, just trying to be as informative and quickly review each matchup as it goes down. So the big storyline for this card, obviously, is going to be the elevation with this card taking place in Mexico City. That's been the talk all week. People have been saying this fighter is going to win because this fighter is going to gas out. Let's see if those things actually end up coming to fruition and what part that actually has into playing into this 13 fight card that we got coming up. So without further ado, let's get right into the first fight of the night. It only lasted 44 seconds, but Mohamed Naimov was able to get the TKO over Eric Silva in the first round here. But unfortunately, it was largely due to a injury of some sort that it seemed like Eric Silva suffered uh, on his left leg, if I'm uh, remembering it correctly here. I believe it was a left leg. But uh, Naimov, you know, there wasn't really much going on in that matchup. Naimov threw a uh, spinning back kick to the head. Uh, it didn't really land the cleanest, but it seemed like whatever step Silva was taken to try to get out of the way caused uh, the injury that he suffered. The fight quickly got taken to the ground after that, and the referee knew that there was something wrong, and he stopped the fight quickly thereafter. So, very unfortunate uh, circumstance there. Obviously, Naimov does not want to win in that way, but now he finds himself on three straight victories in the UFC. Again, he's ecstatic. He probably won't get the performance of the night due to the nature of that finish, uh, but he gets two paychecks. He gets his uh, win bonus and show bonus, so I'm, ha I'm sure he's happy about that. All right, let's quickly talk about the odds that cash for this matchup. Naimov took a significant amount of action this week, coming in at minus 560. A lot of people were shitting on the fact that he was such a big favorite, but, you know, considering the circumstances and everything, I think we got short change in terms of seeing how that fight would have actually played out. Uh, by knockout, plus 160. Round 1, plus 220. Put those two together. Round 1 KO, plus 400. And then the under 2.5 caches with such ease there. Again, unfortunate circumstances at minus 155. I'm very curious to see Naimov's uh, you know, future in the UFC. I believe a lot of his wins have some asterisks beside them. Obviously, the Jamie Malarkey fight, he was losing that pretty much until he got the knockout in the second round. Uh, the Nathaniel Wood fight marred by fouls that he was not penalized for. And now this unfortunate TKO via injury for him hasn't really gotten, you know, you can say what you want about the Nathaniel Wood fight. Sure, let's say that's a legitimate win. I'm going to put an asterisk beside it regardless. Uh, but... Um, still some weird circumstances regarding his victories in the UFC. Let's see how they match him up next and if he's able to finally get that, you know, the clean, dominant victory that a lot of people believe that he's capable of. But on this night, he wins TKO via injury 44 seconds into the first round over Eric Silva. It was ultimately a split decision in favor of Felipe Dos Santos, where he had two 29-28s, and the opposing judge had all three rounds in Victor Altamoreno's favor, but Dos Santos seemingly landed the more damaging blows, even though Altamoreno landed over nine takedowns on Dos Santos. Now, I believe the second round was the closest of the two. The first, you got to give to Altamoreno without any question. The second, even though Altamoreno was the one landing the takedowns, it seemed to me that Dos Santos was the one that was clearly landing more damage. Even at the ending of that round, you could see Dos Santos just wailing away off of his back with elbows. And maybe that's what caused the judges 
to see it in his favor. And then in the third round, I think there's no question that probably should have gone to Dos Santos considering the, you know, the close submission attempt in that, uh, the beginning of that round. And then the big shots that he was landing at the end of that as Alto Moreno was starting to slow down. It's clear elevation is having an impact and we're only on the second fight of the night. And these guys are flyweights, guys that normally have great gas tanks going into the third round. If you guys remember Dos Santos's UFC debut on short notice, he had his best round in the third round against high-level flyweight Manel Cap by walking him down and landing big shots. I can't wait to see how the rest of this card goes down and how the elevation is going to impact them. But for this fight, close fight. Um, a lot of people are going to scream robbery. I'm sure some people in the comment section are going to say the same thing. But look at the damage that was landed in round two. I might watch this back or watch the fight back, specifically the second round, and go on the Altamoreno side. But if you watch back that second round, from what I remember, it was Dos Santos trying to end the fight more in terms of landing damage. And that is criteria number one. All right, let's look at the odds that cash here. We had Dos Santos cash as the favorite, chalky favorite, minus 295, plus 105 by decision, and then the over two and a half caches at minus 235. I really thought that the aggressiveness of Dos Santos would have gotten him in the edge in this matchup. I thought, if anything, he would be the one looking for the takedowns more often, but Altamirano switched it up on him, and he was the one going for takedowns more, and it was his lack of aggression in terms of seeking the damage and the finish, which ultimately ended up being the uh the flaw in Alto Moreno's approach here again very close fight I wouldn't call it a robbery um but I might go back and watch the second round and uh maybe my mind will change after that but close fight not arguing Dos Santos getting the split decision called here over Victor Altamirano it was a hot start for Dennis Bondera, but it seemed like the elevation may have gotten to him considering how much activity he was putting into that fight. And Rodriguez was just biding his time and eventually was able to sink in the second round rear naked choke with one second left on the clock. Bondera was unable to survive and I'm sure he was feeling like close to death, hence why he had to tap out. But uh, solid performance from Rodriguez. Like I said, Bondera looked like he was really going to start getting into his groove uh, he was landing that overhand right into the takedown multiple times was able to get that top position but unable to secure it and Rodriguez did a great job in terms of scrambling getting back to his feet landing big shots and then ultimately like I said sinking in that choke in the second round um yeah, great uh, debut for Luis Rodriguez here. Let's check out the odds that cashed. Rodriguez minus 120 money line comes through by submission plus 800. Round two plus 850. You put those two together and you get a whopping round two submission plus 2700. The under two and a half cashes as well at plus 130. This is a solid start for Rodriguez, who obviously came up short on the contender series a couple years back against a fighter that went winless in the UFC. And it's obvious that Rodriguez did what he needed to do on the regional scene to eventually build up the resume to get to the UFC in the first place and then be successful in terms of uh, defending his roster spot and uh, being successful in his UFC debut Dennis Bonder likely ends up getting cut here as that's now three straight losses for the guy came in with a solid amount of hype but unfortunate loss after unfortunate loss uh he's probably on the chop chopping block for this uh card when it's all said and done but tonight belonged to Luis Rodriguez once again like he like I said he secures a second round submission victory 
Ferris Yim picks up the split decision victory over Claudio Poyas in a fight where they both accrued roughly nine minutes of control time over the 15 minutes that they competed. Claudio Poyas completed seven takedowns but was unable to secure top position long enough to at least get a submission threat that was going to put ZM into a bad position. ZM showed great submission defense. He worked out of those bad spots, hit some reversals at times, and then when he found himself in top position, he rained down big shots and landed the damage, which was ultimately the biggest scoring criteria that should be taken into account and I believe he deserved to win that decision. I know there's a lot of hoopla about the Altamoreno and Dos Santos fight uh, especially with Altamoreno landing nine takedowns. This fight kind of similar but I think that we saw ZM land clearly more damage uh, as it was obvious to most people and I believe that's why ZM ended up winning uh, this fight again. Good look for the youngster Zium, who is continuously trying to become a much better mixed martial artist. Coming into the game originally as a kickboxer, we didn't get to see too much of that this time around, but we did get to see him at his uh, what is conceived as his weakest point. Uh, we saw him battle through some bad spots, get back on top, and land some big ground and pound. Claudio Poyas ends up on the losing end once again. All right, let's check out the odds that cast here. Zium was the favorite, comes in and it picks up the victory minus 2 0. Five uh, via decision plus 180 and then the over two and a half caches at minus 125. Things have not been going that great for Mexico thus far tonight with Luis Rodriguez being the main Mexican fighter to pull off the win. Let's see if they can turn around as they have a plethora of more Mexican talent still to take the cage. It was a long five months, but we can finally put the Edgar Chires and Daniel Lacerda chapter behind us as Chires goes out there and does exactly what he did back in September, and that was choke out Daniel Lacerda. He just needed a few more seconds from the referee so that Lacerda could actually tap out and not step in prematurely, which is why the first fight ended up stopping the way that it did, going to a no contest and ultimately getting put together for this card. And Chires left no doubt as he sunk in a beautifully timed and perfectly executed triangle choke off of his back to get the tap just halfway through that first round it's very unfortunate for Daniel Lacerda who is now on a five fight losing streak you gotta think the UFC is gonna let him go but this guy fights his heart out every single time it was just very unfortunate that he didn't get to show too much this time around especially considering with how cautious they seemed at first until Chirez was able to open up and land that beautiful submission victory Chirez is a great addition to the UFC UFC. In my opinion, he's very fun to watch. And even though he lost that Tatsura Tyra fight, which was his UFC debut, he had some very good success in that fight, but made some very minor slip ups, specifically jumping for guillotine multiple times what's ultimately allowed Tyra to uh, enjoy top position for a little bit too long and uh, Chara's uh, ended up losing a decision that night. But this guy's talented. He's fun. He's vicious. He's violent. I look forward to seeing how the UFC matches him up moving forward. And he is the second Mexican fighter to pick up victory this night. Let's check out the odds that cash here. Chira's heavy favorite cash is at minus 490. By submission plus 195. Round one plus 130. Round one by submission plus 400. And the under one and a half caches at minus 205. Lacerda under one and a half will definitely be missed, especially if he gets end up ends up getting cut after this matchup. But Edgar Chires is the one that reigns supreme this night. Diego Lima's team may have gotten the gift of a decision in the Felipe Dos Santos fight. 
but it seems like it went back the other way this time around as Jesus Aguilar picks up a split decision victory over Matias Mendoza. Now, I got the scorecards here, so we'll talk about them real quick. Uh, two judges, Horacio Lopez and Mike Bell, had the first and second round in favor of Jesus Aguilar, whereas Eric Lone had rounds one and three from Matias Mendoza. Now, if we're trying to be uh, clear about it, I thought that the first round was Aguilar's. I thought the second round uh, was the close one, and I thought the third one is the one that you give to Mendonca, and the third round is the only one that all three judges actually agreed upon. So it comes down uh, to the second round, which all three judges gave to uh, Aguilar, uh, and I thought the first round was a clear Aguilar round. Um, to me, it seemed like the second round, the damage that Aguilar was able to land with his ground and bound, uh, especially with it being later in the round and it being the more uh, rel- or recent thing that the judges were remembering when writing down their score for that second round compared to their earlier ground and pound that Matias Mendonca was landing that's probably why they ended up scoring that second round for him but I thought the first round was Aguilar's the third round was definitely Mendonca but regardless another split decision on the night there's been a handful of them but it seems like the hometown cooking may have something to do with it but Aguilar was able to get his hand raised successfully in this fight uh, I was very unimpressed with Aguilar though Aguilar was my I believe he was my dog of the night that I got at plus 120 I expected him to try to keep this in the stand-up realm more especially considering how much he was having success with that lead calf uh, kick that he was throwing as well as the big power that he had from the from over top of the the guard of Mendoza hurt him on numerous occasions but for some reason went uh, to take the fight to the ground and that's where Mendoza was able to hit reversals or get close submission attempts a weird approach from Aguilar there. I hope he goes back and realizes that he probably should trust his striking a little bit more. Maybe he was scared of the distance that Mendonca had uh, in terms of an advantage there and thought, you know, maybe the long range shots of Mendonca would give him some more issues. But it seemed like whenever Aguilar cra- crashed the pocket or even kicked that lead leg, he was having major success. So it's one of those fights where it's like you see something's working for a fighter, but for some reason they go to that other uh, plan B, which continues you see you know makes them fall flat on their face luckily for Aguilar he doesn't have to pay for it this time around but it might make him pay for it in another fight let's check out the odds that cast here we had Aguilar closing at plus 105 so some action coming on him throughout fight week by decision plus 340 and the over two and a half at plus 120 Good one for Aguilar. A lot of things he's going to have to shore up moving forward. He has a lot of untapped potential, in my opinion. I hope we see him come back looking better than ever. But tonight, he picks up the close split decision victory over Matias Mendonca. What could probably go down as fight of the night, although we still have the main card still to come. Hani Barcelos ends up being victorious over Christian Quinones by submission in the third round. Now, two judges had this fight 1-1 going into the third, while the third judge had Quinones up two rounds. So it really did come down to that third round, but Barcelos kept the judges out of it and was able to secure a beautiful rear naked choke, like I said, just about halfway through that third and final round. Barcelos, if you guys have been following me, is a guy that I've been very high on throughout his career, but it just seems like he's been getting into the game a little bit too late, hasn't been that active as of late, and that has caused him some issues. 
pre- previous to this, he was one and four over his last five fights. It's great to see him snap that two fight winning or losing streak uh, tonight. But again, he's still too far into his career. You can see him kind of slowing down. You can see fighters that are younger, faster, and fresher will likely be able to touch him up on the feet and possibly put his lights out once again. Quinones was close to doing that in the second round, but Barcelos was also close to doing that in the second round. But it was ultimately Barcelos being able to put on a veteran uh, type of performance, battling back from adversity, and then getting that late finish there in the third round. Good win for him. Now let's quickly look at the props that cast here, or the odds that cash. We have Barcelos coming in as the minus 170 favorite. That cashes by submission plus 500. Round three plus 950. Throw those two together plus 2500. Another plus 2000-ish prop that cashes on the night. Uh, and then the under two and a half cashes uh, by 20 seconds. With uh, Sorry, 27 seconds left on the clock or 26 seconds left on the clock. The under two and a half cashes at minus 160. I'm sure under breath or under betters are uh, catching their breath and getting a sigh of relief with Barcelos locking up that choke so uh, a great fight all uh, all around again we got a six fight main card coming right up I can't wait to see what is left in store for this UFC Mexico card Manuel Torres does it again, but this time in front of his hometown or home country, I should say, of Mexico City. He goes out there and gets the submission victory over uh, Chris Duncan in a minute and a half or so of the first round. Uh, It didn't start off too hot for him as Duncan did land a big shot, but for some reason decided to go for a takedown and ultimately got hurt in return. And then it was eventually a submission that Torres was able to sink in uh, a minute or so after that. A chaotic start to the matchup um i know a lot of people love torres i know they they think very highly of this guy but we've seen this time and time again where guys go out there and they get early finishes and then everybody jumps on their hype train and then when they finally fight somebody that will give them some resistance have some good durability we see them you know not look as good as they're led on to be so if anything you know these these spots are continuously giving us brighter spots that we can take advantage of in the future uh, again I, I think Torres is flawed if he finally faces some goddamn resistance great finishes very entertaining um, I don't think he is a guy that's going to crack the top 10 of this division I think he will be uh, fizzled out pretty quickly once he starts fighting guys that are not going to go away so easily but regardless Good win for him. Uh, Good bounce back. The ability to battle back from adversity. Uh, Stellar, right? Um, But still only a minute and 46 seconds uh, of fighting for him. I'd like to see him go into the second round, the third round, and see if he's still able to go out there and pull off the victory. I'm willing to be swayed. I am willing to, to be sold on this guy. But... I need to see more than what we've currently been seeing. He's just going out there and squashing these guys very quickly, but it, there's going to be a breaking point soon enough, and uh, I look forward to seeing that. Hopefully, we can get a good underdog number on that as well. All right, let's check out the odds that cash here. Torres, obviously the favorite. Cash is at minus 185. By submission, plus 600. A lot of people are thinking it was going to be a KO more than anything. Uh, round one, plus 170. Round one, by sub, plus 1100. And then the under one and a half cash Cashes chalky as it was at minus 205. Good win for Torres. One fight that I would like to see them kind of run back 
is the Trey Ogden fight. If you guys remember, these two were scheduled to face off with one another in San Antonio last year, but Torres fell ill on fight day, if I'm not mistaken, or weigh-in day, and had to pull out of the card. I DM'd Trey Ogden that day, and I was just like, hey, what do you think? And he goes, hey, I think he's ducking me, uh, specifically uh, when you realize that Torres, uh, the day that he was sick, he went to travel to a regional event to support, I believe it was Edgar Chirez um, at Fury FC, and you see him looking completely fine in the front row of that fight. So it was a very weird situation there. I know Trey Ogden would like that fight. I know he's matched up against somebody else, if I'm not mistaken, but I'd like to see that fight. You know, Ogden... Uh, normally has good uh durability good um cardio as well um we saw him obviously um hand daniel zellhuber a loss in his ufc debut as well so maybe ogden can spoil another mexican uh, uh in their ufc stint but We'll see if they end up running that fight together regardless. Good win for Manuel Torres uh, going out there and doing what a favorite should. But let's be cautious about him moving forward. I promise you, watch the tape on this guy going back and you'll you'll see what I, I see in this. We just need the perfect opponent to go out there and bring that to fruition. But tonight was Manuel Torres' night. First round submission over Chris Duncan. Yasmin Yaragui sweeps the scorecards and outlands, outpoints, and wins a decision against Sam Hughes. Yaragui was one of the biggest, if not the biggest favorite on the card, so it was pretty much a predetermined victory that she would likely get her hand raised. I personally thought we would see Sam Hughes with a little bit better of a process in terms of trying to get her grind on, whether it was, you know, punching a little bit more to try to get into the clinch, and she was successful in doing so in certain spots, but the athleticism, power, speed, and strength Yaragui showcased was too much for Hughes to establish any type of grind, and Yaragui was able to be free-flowing from distance for the majority of that matchup you would notice that Hughes would often try to get into the body lock position and from there Yaragui did a great job in terms of digging under underhooks and getting back out into space I think Dominic Cruz was the one that mentioned it that I wish we would have seen Sam Hughes try to go to the legs a little bit more try to go for double legs or single legs but before she could even try to get anywhere close to that Yaragui did a great job of pulling her back up going chest to chest and then eventually finding the underhook she needed to get back out into space not a good look in terms of trying to take a little gamble on Sam Hughes as a massive underdog as Yaragui went out there and pretty much won every single second of that fight. This was a big bounce back for her, especially after getting knocked out in 20 seconds last year by Denise Gomez. And there is still a lot of hype on Yaragui if she can continue to showcase solid cardio. It was a great performance here, over 15 minutes, fighting at altitude and still showcasing good output. And if she can continue showcasing that she has better striking defense so she doesn't get caught again like she did against Gomez, we might have to talk about this woman as being a possible contender in the future in the strawweight division. Now let's quickly take a look at the odds that cashed here. She was a massive favorite, like I said. Yaragui cashes at minus 670, by decision at minus 120, and the over 2.5 cashes at at minus 210 Sam Hughes showing that she is probably not going to be a ranked fighter by any means but she is definitely a tough out for fighters that aren't as physically gifted as Yaragui as we saw against Jacqueline Amarim last time around but this was no Amarim this was Yaragui going out there and doing exactly what she wanted to do and picking up the unanimous decision victory over Sam Hughes
as was just shown on the broadcast, Raul Rosas Jr. and Ricky Tercios has been canceled. And by all accounts, they're trying to put it together for next week's card, which has taken a ton of hits. And before this fight gets moved over to that card, there's only nine scheduled bouts for next weekend. But uh, Rosas Jr. came down with some sort of illness and knocked him out of the fight. But now it is being targeted for next week. So no Raul Rosas Jr., no Ricky Tercios this week. If you had any bets on them, it will be a push. Although Daniel Zellhuber came into this matchup as a near 3-1 to one favorite, we could all recognize the knockout power and threat that Francisco Prado brought to the table. You have to credit it from going out there from minute 1 to minute 15 and still throwing haymakers, but Zellhuber, the youngster, showcased his veteran experience going out there and utilizing his long jab down the pipe and his front kicks up the middle to keep the power punching style of Prado at distance. It did get hairy a couple times, and even though we knew that the majority of power from Prado was gone by half the halfway point of the fight you could just tell that anytime that he landed that that could be it but Zahuber rolled with the shots very well and he met the power of Prado with that stinging jab down the pipe which took the brunt of the power away from Prado whenever he did get close to landing those. Zahuber is improving vastly and I think he is far past the fighter that we saw in his UFC debut against Trey Ogden where he fell short and suffered his first and only professional loss that night and I look forward to seeing how the Extreme Couture guys, as well as his gym over there at Mexico City, can continue to improve his skill set. This kid could be the next big star coming out of Mexico, but we need to continue to bring him on slowly and steadily because at any point, there could be a big enough power puncher that knows how to crash that pocket a little bit more intelligently, and he can definitely take advantage of some of that tall man defense at times that Zalhuber showcases. But it was a near-picture-perfect performance this night as he won, I believe it was 29 20 28 times 2 and 130-27 in his favor. I believe it was the first round that was scored in Prado's favor. But once Zellhuber got that jab going on in that second round that busted the eye of Prado, Zellhuber did not look back and he continued the onslaught looking for the finish. We will credit him for that, but he was unable to do so as Prado showcased the toughness and grit, especially for a youngster, 21 years old, if I'm not mistaken. He will be back, and I look forward to seeing him improving at a decent enough pace as well. All right, let's check out the odds that cash here. Like I said, Zell Huber, near 3-1 to one favorite. Cash is at minus 275 by decision, plus 175. And then the over 2.5 cash is at minus 120. Again, I'm sure anybody who had the minus... Uh, 120 on the over two and after probably nervous the entire time probably shouldn't have been watching that fight because of their heart rate probably going through the roof so many near finishing moments um again no big like knockdowns or anything but there seemed like any point that one of those shots that could land from either of those guys could have ended that fight but great work from daniel Zauhuber. i look forward to seeing how they match him up moving forward it wasn't the start that Brian Ortega wanted, but it's how you finish. And he was able to do that over Yair Rodriguez in round three by submission in the first minute of the third round. He locks up the arm triangle choke and gets the tap. Now, even before the fight started, we saw Ortega deal with a little bit of adversity. As he's being announced, he tries to just leap up and uh, you know, just get some blood going, I guess. Um, and uh, he rolled his ankle. Very unfortunate. He said he looked over to his uh, his corner right away. Uh, and he just seemed to just, I don't know, it, it was weird. But 
once the fight started, you couldn't really tell. You could tell that he was trying to walk it out a little bit, but nothing really rolled after that. So it was solid for him to to go out there and still compete. But then he ran into Yair Rodriguez, who was just going out there and trying to knock him out uh, right off jump. He was able to hurt Ortega numerous times, dropped him a few times as well, landed some beautiful knees to the body as well. But Ortega continued to show that he has un- unimaginable durability as he has shown in so many fights in the past, the Alexander Volkanovsky fight, the Max Holloway fight, you got to kill this guy to get him out of there. Um, and he was able to, to power through that. I don't know if Yair kind of gassed himself out trying to finish Ortega quickly or if he just had no answer for the jiu-jitsu that was coming his way as Ortega was able to get the fight to the ground in the second and third rounds. We have seen aggressive jiu-jitsu off of Yair's back in the past. So to see him kind of just willingly give up that position uh it, it was very weird but big win for brian ortega at the end of the day who's had a lot of rough things happen to him over the last couple of years obviously we saw him come back in the uh the fight island days and have a great performance against chan sung Jung, but then ran into some tough times again but now he's back on the upswing i don't know if it should be a title shot for him next i think uh, hopefully they give volkanovsky the rematch but um Movzar Ivloyev is also out there as well. Maybe Ivloyev versus Ortega for the number one contender. That'd be a great fight, especially if they end up going with Volkanovski next. But uh, yeah, I, I would give it to Ivloyev or even Max Holloway. I know Max Holloway fights uh, at UFC 300 for the BMF title. Win, lose, or draw. That guy should always be in the conversation for a title shot. But uh, regardless, Brian Ortega goes out there. Uh, they did have this fight scheduled for five rounds but they did not need it as he gets the tap in the third round all right let's check out the odds that cash for this matchup ortega came in as the underdog cash is at plus 125 by submission plus 310 round three plus 1200 throw those two together round three sub plus 1700 and the under two and a half caches in the last two and a half minutes of that uh sitting tight at plus 125 good comeback for ortega but he continues to show that he can be touched up in the striking realm but if he can stay conscious he's more than likely able to go out there get his opponents to the ground and eventually find that submission is he championship material i don't think so i think Taporia will get the best of him i think ivloyev will get the best of him but he will be a top five featherweight especially if he continues to go out there and have performances like this on this night ortega reigns supreme and gets a submission in the third round over yair rodriguez their first meeting only lasted just over four minutes but this time they made full use of all five rounds that were given to them in this main event slot but ultimately it was brandon royval who was able to get his hand raised by split decision over brandon moreno now it was a close fight i think the dissenting judge gave it 49 46 for brandon moreno uh he gave it four rounds to one but luckily for royval the other two judges gave it to him three to two it was a close fight you know it came down to the output of Roy Val against the uh, harder and in my opinion more damaging shots from the Moreno side Uh, but Roy Val did a great job in terms of staying in his face pitter pattering him from outside and landing some good knees when he had the opportunity but I thought that Moreno was landing the more significant strikes you could see the damage on Roy Val's face as well but it was a very close fight it was not a robbery by any stretch it was a close fight 
I expect Moreno to take over. Honestly, I thought his grappling would be a little bit more effective in terms of his ability to hold Royval down. Um, that's why I thought he was worth a, you know, a shot at that chalky price that he was at earlier this week at minus 250. I really expected him to be better all around. I thought he was landing the better strikes. That's without a doubt. But again, it was his lack of ability to really translate those takedowns that he landed uh, into valuable control time and good uh, damage from on top. This one was kind of bittersweet. You know, I'm a raw dog Roy Val fan. So this was a big win for him, especially against a former champion like Moreno. And this sets him up to potentially fight uh, Alexandre Pantoja once again. You know, Roy Val obviously wants that fight back very badly. Um, but solid performance for Roy Val, uh, showcasing that elevation means nothing to him. This guy can go out there and throw 400 plus strikes from minute one to minute 25 uh, and look fresh while doing so. So uh, good win for Roy Val here. Very meaningful win. Um, yeah, don't know really what much else to say about that. It's not a robbery. Close fight. That's all it is. Let's learn a distinction between the two. All right, let's look at the odds that cashed here. Roy Val, money line plus 235, uh, comes through as one of the bigger dogs on the card. By decision, plus 600. Big big line there. A lot of people thinking if Roy Val got it done, it would likely come inside the distance. And then the over three and a half caches at minus 140. A line I wish, um, I had tipped it actually on the uh, Godzilla wins uh, uh, article that I dropped on Wednesday, I believe it was, but I didn't play it officially myself kind of you know kicking myself for not doing that uh is what it is Roy Val comes out victorious good win for him all right let's put a bow on this uh segment here uh there were so at the end of the day 12 fights obviously one of them uh were was canceled and has been officially moved to next week that was the Raul Rosas Jr. and Ricky Tercios fight there were there was only one knockout there was five submissions Obviously, the most meaningful coming in the co-main event by Brian Ortega. And then there were six fights that went to a decision. Four of them going to splits. Absolutely crazy there. Favorite Favorites went nine and three. And then the performer of the night, in my opinion, got to be Daniel Zellhuber. Obviously, he was a big favorite. So he was, you know, kind of positioned to win in this fight. But I think just his lack of maturity, or sorry, his his amount of maturity that he showed in this fight uh his discipline his technique you know keeping the power puncher at range and absolutely battering for him from distance uh i thought that was a you know a breakthrough performance for him very good performance to showcase that he can keep power punchers at range uh and then not just being content with just jabbing him from distance he was looking for the finish there too following up with that two down the pipe trying to counter whenever prado would crash the distance Phenomenal performance from uh, Daniel Zalhuber, hence why he is my performer of the night. Let me know what tickets you guys cashed out on. Check the or drop a comment below and let me know there. Um, performer of the night. Let me know who your performer of the night is. Did I get too easy here with Zalhuber? Was there somebody else that deserved that spot more than the Mexican Golden Boy? Um, it is right now 1.20 a.m. We had one fight fallout, so if anything, this probably would have been done at 1.45 a.m. It's been a long day of MMA. We had PFR earlier today, and now I got to finish up the studying for ACA 171, which goes down 9 a.m. tomorrow morning.
or this morning. It's pretty much uh, Sunday already. So uh, a long night ahead for you boys still, but I wanted to get this out for you guys. Great event overall. Good return to Mexico City for the UFC. But next week we are back at it for UFC Vegas 87, headlined by a heavyweight fight between Jorginho Rosenstrike and Shamil Gadziev. Obviously we got the return of Umar Nurmagomedov on the card as well. Uh, yeah. Should have all the breakdowns done for the Patreon folks on Sunday. And the full card breakdown will drop on YouTube for the public on Monday. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Hopefully we can turn around this kind of shitty weekend in terms of a performance for your boy. Let's see if we can get back on the winning track next week. See you guys then. Peace.